0: Aiming down
1: to a paradise city where the girls are green and the grass is pretty.
0: (laughs) Yes, pretty grass. Pretty,
1: pretty grass. You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts Jim Jones,
0: Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. California,
1: whatever love. California love with the Pac and Dre.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: good stuff. That's a good song. That is a really good song.
0: And I really, especially love Cartman's version of it when he's leading the hippies to California. (laughs) I haven't seen that episode. (laughs) Oh, so
1: good because the hippies are all like they're basically played as zombies. Well, yeah, they drill. I watched them drill through a fucking crowd of them. Remember that? The... No,
0: no, no. There's actually another with with Homeless. I'm sorry. Yeah, Oh the Homeless.
1: Homeless, right. Because they're homeless. like, change. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't <laughs> see Fag that whole episode. Yeah, change. So cool. I love that episode. <laughs> that is, God, this, they are so funny.
0: <laughs> they are. They are. They, it's interesting. That can actually lead us right into the topic. That of...
1: would have been a good fucking segue. Yeah. What do you want to talk about first? You had some potpourri topics? Yeah, let me grab my docs. Let me get some fucking docs.
0: Got some docs. Don't you on. wish your girlfriend was docks like me. <laughs> Don't you wish your wiener was washed like me.
1: Yeah, I gotta have a cock wash. Okay, What's so we're casting, today? right? We're That's cast- what we're doing tonight.
0: Uh-huh. We're casting. With our all new ultra high tech brand spanking new setup.
1: That's right. We got real microphones, we've got a real mixer, we've got a fucking apple. Power Mac.
0: We do. We have a MacBook that's, Pro.
1: That's a rec- MacBook Pro. That's recording on GarageBand. I mean, we have taken a leap. Yeah, gone are the days of the three-way splitter feeding into the Lenovo and the, talking over Skype. sky's a yeah. now baby. Scott,
0: Scott Bakula would be pretty jealous of us, actually, for oh, this
1: leap. F- for sure. This is
0: such a huge we leap. Made
1: a quantum leap. Easily. What's so funny? We, we've is- actually
0: taken the leap. Check this out, listeners.
1: Don't know if you can hear that. But that's me scratching my beard. That's how good the audio is. Check this out, listeners. That's the sound of my tongue rubbing against the roof of my mouth. <laughs> oh, and everyone just shut the cast off. Yes, that's right, because <laughs> that was fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, it's actually so good we can hear the sound of my air conditioner turning off and on. We're gonna have to do something about that.
0: Yeah, we will. We'll put pillows over it, and smother it.
1: Yeah, or we like just turn it off temporarily. Although I'd be sweaty. You don't want me sweaty on a podcast. No, I, I agree. Fuck no.
0: What's worse, us sweating or the listeners having to hear shitty audio? I had the listeners for having shitty audio. No, I think us sweating is worse. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, I, that's not the only thing that's happening that's new at the Bald Move headquarters. Shit, no, man. We've uh, we've upgraded sites. We're, we're now move, on WordPress. we moving on up? We are. We're in the big leagues now because we are on WordPress. We have PHP, BB uh, forums now. We got rid of the shitty LaFora thing that we were doing. Uh, Actually, what happened is
1: Aaron pride open his his wallet.
0: <laughs> and I said,
1: like, you know, got, got a site on justhost.com. I got to recommend them. It's by far. I've been doing hosting shit and freelance web work for 15 years now. I can't even believe it. Um, and Just Host is the best experience for the cheapest. And a real tip, if you're going to go sign up for Just Host account, Go through like you're ordering for real and then start to close the browser window. (laughs) Yeah. And this thing will pop up and give you half off your order just for threatening to close. That's funny because
0: I actually registered zombiedrill.com. It's another site that I'm starting for the Walking Dead uh, series on AMC. And (laughs) – I forgot about that because I remember you had told me about that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I won't get it now. And so I closed <laughs> the window, and it's like 50% off just yeah. for whatever. And I was like, okay, I'll buy it now. Right? It's such a good deal. It's like, God, It man. really is. I ended up with like two years of hosting for 70 bucks or something. Yeah, it's,
1: re- it's retarded. It's so cheap.
0: And a free domain
1: name. They transferred it over from GoDaddy. It's really pretty slick. And, uh Yeah, I can't say enough good stuff about it. Their cPanel is hot. I mean, it works on, like, a lot of places. Like, one-click WordPress install. uh, It's so good. One-click full-site backups. Mm -hmm. You can schedule them. It's just... I don't know. Maybe I'm going on and on. This is, like, (laughs) what web hosting is supposed to be, and i have just been to shitty providers. But very impressed so far. Me too.
0: Um, And speaking of drill.com, if you guys did not know about that, I actually put a link to it um, on the front page of our main site. And... Like I said, it's going to be about the Walking Dead TV series. Uh, Don't let me so yourself, man. Go check it out, Woody. What, what do you mean? It's not just... Uh, I
1: mean, that's how well, it's going true. to start, but we've we got so much start. zombie juice. I've
0: got zombie juice for it, days. If the zombie virus is going to start somewhere, it's going to start in me, because I have so much <laughs> zombie juice inside of my brain. <laughs>
1: it's going to go nova. <laughs> it will. It's going to go critical. And it will just start infecting everyone. Yeah, once you reach critical zombie juice mass inside your body, just... <laughs> uncontrollable zombification is the only <laughs> way to go from there <laughs> absolutely uh yeah so i started that site
0: so tricked out um also jonestown jams i found a lot of new music
1: on that i'm digging um, jonestown jams i like the different feel i like has the a very in, NPR, like the npr thing you're rocking yep, the yep. nina totenberg oh and this vocals. new setup oh man it's oh, gonna get sh- smooth <sighs> i can't wait The dulcet tones of jim <laughs> jones oh <laughs> yeah uh,
0: so that's about it. That's for yeah, the housekeeping
1: site. intro stuff. New forums. Our feeds are still fucked up. Hopefully by the time you hear this, they will be unfucked. Yep, yep. Well, we were trying to do the feed unfucking right now.
0: Unfuck that feed. Unfuck the feed. Um, okay.
1: UFTF. What are we talking about tonight? Just well, random bullshit? I've got some normal. topics,
0: but you, you want to go first? I guess so, yeah. I could talk right. about... Should we roll
1: for initiative? <laughs> <laughs> yeah those fucks man fucking oh yeah, god we're not ready to un- unleash the uh rivalry just yet yep we gotta wait for our friend peter to rejoin us as his brainchild oh speaking of new music
0: uh there's this artist i found called dr awkward um he's probably <laughs> I like it already he's probably coming up in the next jonestown jams at least one of his songs um the he has this song about like drinking and playing video games? Yeah, and the <laughs> part it of every night nice for us. <laughs> well, yeah, true, and apparently for him too, because they've actually coined their own term. I guess between him and his friends, uh, they call getting drunk getting pixelated, and that is kind of like the coolest modern term for getting like trashed yeah, or like drunk it. or whatever you want to call it. Let's get
1: pixelated tonight. We're going. Yeah, eight, we're going eight bits.
0: Because you start seeing things in. Slow
1: motion, yeah. 8-bit. How, how pixelated did you get last night? 8-bit, baby. <laughs> exactly. I'm going back I to EGA. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, too. I'm taking it back to Commodore. 16 style. colors, baby. <laughs> um, well, one thing I want to talk about is I saw Scott Pilgrim. Sweet. How was it's that? It's kind of too late to save its uh, cinema career. I guess it didn't do too well. Really? That's the impression I got. I didn't really check it with Box Office Mojo. I heard it cost a lot to make, too. Oh, I can see. Because holy shit, the special effects and cinematography was hot. Um, Who's that guy? Michael Sarah. Yeah. This is the first role that he could almost be described as cool in. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like an alternate universe where Michael Sarah is a ladies' man. And he can score where he's not George Michael. He can score a hot Asian girlfriend and a hot hipster girlfriend, and have you know women fighting over him. Hmm. But it's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. I was not familiar with the comic book at all. I had flipped through it at my local comic book store as kind of in preparation. And I also played the first stage of the Scott Pilgrim video game uh, for PlayStation Three. Which I got to say, if you're in the brawling video games at all, like Dun- um, Double Dragon. Mm-hmm. it is the best brawler I've probably ever played. It's funny. Really? The controls are smooth. In fact, after the podcast, we ought to, like, throw down on it a yeah. little bit. Okay, let's get pixelated. Yeah, let's get pixelated, man. <laughs> and uh, the controls are responsive. The move set's pretty cool. So I kind of knew sort of what to expect, but then I I, I didn't. And this is kind of like... Did you did you see Speed Racer, the Wachowski brothers? Remake? No, never saw that. It, it had kind of visuals like that, um, like hyper real, but it's set in the real world. But every once in a while, it just go there, like as a fantasy sequence. Huh. And the plot of Scott Pilgrim is that Scott wants to date this uh, super cool hipster girl. But to do so, he must defeat her seven evil ex-boyfriends
0: <laughs> <laughs> or awesome.
1: seven evil exes. Your princess is in another castle, <laughs> exactly. And he has to be. He, they fight to the death. Um, and these sequences are just freaking awesome. And the music, the soundtrack, Jim. You know, we ought to go see that maybe this weekend because I wouldn't mind seeing it again and the soundtrack is amazing. There's so much good music. Well, like what kind of music? Is it like video games? Like, game like and anime managuchi and Gucci, 8-bit punk oh, that's rock. Right. They
0: did the theme song for it.
1: They, and just really good stuff. Very good, you know, grunge rock. Hmm. Um I'm not very good at naming all the different like, you know, the bands and uh bands. Like when we heard Protamin for the first time it's like, yeah, it's like a uh gothic prog rock opera and I'm like what the fuck yeah that's exactly what it is how did you know that yeah <laughs> you're like adam walking around the garden of eden his name and shit he's like yeah that's what it is that's an ostrich you called it you nailed it that. that is an ostrich it's a perfect name um but i got to recommend it um i had a great time and it's the first time in a long time i've seen a movie completely sober um and it was an am- it's an amazing experience so. first time
0: in a long time you've been sober
1: <laughs> yeah, I sobered up just to see the movie. I wanted to make a good impression on Scott Pilgrim. Awesome. So I got to give uh, that uh, two thumbs up. I'm
0: trying to think of other movies that we've been watching that we could talk about because we're watching movies every night.
1: Uh, Running Man.
0: Running Man. Running Man. I don't remember much of Running Man. You don't? It's pretty
1: inebriated. At Jesse the, the Body. Oh, man. Jesse the Body, huh? Yeah, he's, uh, I, I, yeah, you're right. That movie was almost an experience. I don't remember a lot that happened with it uh i remember rambo 3 being insane do you remember that i don't remember much of that Are you serious? to be honest i'm not drawing <laughs> a blank on that whole night we got so pixelated <laughs> it was just uh we were in we were in uh what do you call that one just black and white is that zero bit one bit
0: <laughs> black we, and white? we were know. dithered
1: down to monochrome black and white we were so pixelated <laughs> Yep. No anti-aliasing. No, we were on a two-by-two two screen. <laughs> just a, with two black, two white pixels. That's all pixelated we got. All right, so maybe it's not the best uh, idea to talk about movies we haven't seen. We've seen, <laughs> but not. did not register in yeah, our audience. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: Um, kind of along the lines of movies, another thing I want to talk about is uh, Apple just announced their new Apple TV. What? Um, yeah, it's, it's like this tiny. It's about as big as maybe like two iPhones. Hmm. Um, well, maybe four, like two stacked on top of each other and then two side by side. Um. Anyway, they, they're introducing like an a la carte.
1: Is, is iPhone the unit of measurement now? It is. It's yeah. it's joined the Volkswagen Beetle, the football field, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. and the ranch-style home as, as as a go-to estimate of size. Absolutely. So it's and about four iP- iPhones.
0: And the bushel and the Peck.
1: The Peck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, they introduced a, a la carte. Uh, TV episodes. So, for 99 cents, you can rent, and, and notice my use of the word rent. You don't sure. actually own these. You rent them for 30 days, and once you play them, you have 48 hours to watch them as many times as you want. Oh, but bon, that is yeah. not compatible with the way I live my life. <laughs> Me either, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, I just wanted to talk about, like, the whole concept of a la carte television, um... Like, channel surfing, Like, how do you feel about the concept of a la carte television?
1: First of all, they actually had me, in, like, sitting up with my eyebrows raised at 30 days. And then my eyebrows mm-hmm. firmly turned into a furrowed brow um, frown when you said you have 48 hours once you hit the play button. Yeah. Because... To finish it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I get in the Like, if I'm on call, I get in the middle of something. And it's like, I'm no longer in a mood to watch it. I want to mm-hmm. eject it. I like the Netflix model. I like the fact that I've got what I got and I can watch as long as I want as long as I'm paying for it. Yeah. And, I, and that's kind of how I feel. I was just but I've long because we, we you know we're sweating about. We haven't had cable in so long. Yeah. Um I got high def antenna to watch local content. And I get like 30 channels just on the local high def stuff. So we were thinking about getting cable just to watch AMC's Walking Dead. Um, but we thought it's like, you know, that's like 30, 40 bucks a month just for one show. That's a lot. Yeah. Why can't much. I go to AMC.com and buy like the walking dead season pass for 20 bucks? You can, you can
0: go to iTunes and do that when it comes out. But the problem with that is, especially for me doing the podcast, I'm not going to be able to watch it until the next day. Right. Which uh, it doesn't, like it's not they compatible. Need to release what that, I mean.
1: They need to release that during the broadcast. Simultaneously. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I don't understand why they don't do it. I don't know. It might be coming. They've tried some innovative things like, uh, what is that? I don't watch it, but it's Friday Night Lights. It's a sports show um, about high school football in Texas on NBC. Mm -hmm. They actually released that on On Demand, the Comcast service, Mm -hmm. like six months before it was released on the airwaves. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like they're trying these. And I've heard Comcast On Demand. I had it two years ago, Mm -hmm. and it was really cool. They had things like as a football fan, I love the fact that uh the day after the game, all the games, you could watch all the games and it would just cut from the ball being hiked to <laughs> the ball being dead and it would go in- it just chopped like every dead space of the game was removed why don't why don't they just? Oh, oh, like the downtime between plays? Yeah, like you it would go from the guy getting tackled and the the whistle blowing the ball dead to just and being were, reset. At the... Instantly reset hiking a ball again. And you could oh, watch a game of football cool. in like 35 minutes. Sure. That, that's and it awesome. was like, so it's like if you missed a game, um, it wasn't so good for watching your home team because that's not part of the experience. But like games sure. around the league, you, you could watch like a whole afternoons with the, the football in like three hours. It was amazing. Huh. And like they that. had it for the whole season, every game, for as long as the season. And like in, in your home team, like I lived in Indianapolis, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. Their entire game archive was for the whole season. You could watch the whole thing. You could go back and, you know, I, I thought it was really cool. And they had, like, kids things. It was very much programmable, and it's like a free add-on to your digital cable. I hmm. would love something like that. Why can't I just pay for that? <laughs> Dude, if I knew the answer to that question... I mean, these the like have it. like it seems like cable has agreed that we need a lot of mediocre channels mm-hmm. to justify people paying a hundred dollars for. I'm like, I only want to see four or five things. Why can't I just give them directly to the money? Well, here it's like, like here's some, part of Mad, of the issue. some of the Mad Men money, and the Walking Dead money, is going mm-hmm. to pay for some bass fishing show on the Outdoor <laughs> Channel Three. It, well, that's not right. That's not fair. Here's part of the issue. How are you? If that's the case, how are you ever going to figure out what you want to watch or what you don't want to watch? By reading magazines and the internet, the same way I do now. Do you think okay. I actually figure out what I'm going to watch by watching TV? No, but you find shows by channel surfing, don't you? I mean, just sometimes, but not not often. Because usually, when I'm watching TV, if I'm watching broadcast TV, it's by mm-hmm. kind of appointment. I mean, sometimes a channel surf. It's usually to the you know movie channels and stuff like that. You know, uh, if I'm watching my TV, most of the time it's through Netflix or plays on or stuff I've downloaded. So it's like I think hmm. that's where our generation is going to. We want on-demand TV. We do. We want to pay for season. Like, you know, I can pay Directv 150 dollars to watch every football game. Why can't I do that for you know certain channels or certain se- series of shows? I want I want to download the Hero subscription or the Mad Men subscription. I'm gonna pay 20 bucks. Yeah give them a high-def release as soon as they're broadcast, maybe even before. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they wanted to, you know, but they're going to do bullshit like you. Like you can only watch it for one week. Uh, and sure. you can only watch it three times. Well, I think part and of if it is... It, and if it detects more than six eyeballs at a time uh-huh. on it, you know, it self-destructs. Yeah, retina scanning, <laughs> facial recognition technology. Go through the PlayStation Eye or the oh. Xbox Connect. Uh, Shit. <laughs> uh, four humans detected. abort. Abort. <laughs>
0: And it shuts down your computer. Uh, I think part of it might be actually that the advertisers haven't really bought into the whole internet television scheme yet. But I'm saying fuck the advertisers. You don't need them anymore because the people are now paying you. Well, if you want a system like Netflix, you do need advertisement. Unless you're going to charge a lot more than they do. Because they run ads. Netflix? Yeah, don't they?
1: When does Netflix run ads? Or am I
0: thinking of Hulu? I'm thinking of Hulu. You're thinking of Hulu because Hulu is
1: free. Yeah, well. You can do it. Hulu Hulu. is partially free.
0: Well, they have a premium service. They
1: do, but that's kind of like paying for cable. I mean, there's free services very much exactly like, you know, TV. It's got commercials, it's paid for by sponsors, blah, 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 blah. I'm saying go the Netflix model. You pay X amount per month. And I think Netflix is ridiculously low. They could probably charge two. Netflix would probably charge three – okay, just, just between us listeners, don't let Netflix know this. But they could charge three times more than they are now, and I'd still pay for
0: it gladly. I don't know how many people would do that. Now, if they had every single movie that they have on DVD for streaming, yes, I could see that service being worth $20, $24. Well,
1: I'm month. saying, like, if they had that oh, on demand, I mean, you, you, you'd probably be able to get me for $30, $40 that way.
0: But that's the price of cable. Why don't, why don't you just get cable at well, that because, point? But cable, and a have,
1: DVR. cable, I have to have a DVR, and I have, to, you know, I have to manage all that stuff. I'm talking about completely on demand. I'm in the mood for this. It's I don't have to remember to record it. I don't have to search it true. out. It's like, I'm just in the mood to see something funny. Let me go to the fun. Oh, yeah, this is cool. Let me watch it. That's how we kind of do Netflix now. Yeah, no.
0: true, true. Well, so, I don't know.
1: I'd like to see it go that way.
0: Um, I wonder if part of it is the audience has not grown. Like, the audience in that medium has not grown enough to no. where they can justify... The old people
1: haven't died fast enough.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. true. So.
1: Although I think my dad would grok that. I mean, like my dad's generation can't figure out a DVR to save their life. Yeah. But have sat down with an intuitive interface and it's like, okay, what do you feel like? Give a text search so he can search for, you know, MASH or whatever the hell he wants to mm-hmm. watch. The History Channel. That's what, that's what dads love watching.
0: Oh, dude, I love the History Channel.
1: Uh, well, History
0: Channel, Discovery Channel. You need to go
1: impregnate uh, a chick because you're ready to be a dad. <laughs> Fuck that. You, that's that's, that's high-level dad stuff. Fuck that. You sure you don't want to pay 30 bucks for cable? You seem like the kind of guy that would like to. <laughs> Why? No, dude, I haven't. The, you just said you love the History Channel.
0: Yeah, but I haven't paid for cable. I haven't paid for television. Oh, God.
1: He's made a stand. In ages. This is like the PAX thing. You won't ever go to a (laughs) Gabe and Jerry or a Mike and Jerry. No, 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 no. He's put his foot down.
0: It's nothing like that. That is totally (laughs) irrational. My my (laughs) rational explanation for cable is that I don't need it wasting my time. Like, you see me, I come into the living room, you do even with network television, and I turn the TV on and I zone out, you do and I don't do anything. You do tend to veg
1: on TV more than I do. Yeah,
0: and that's the reason for a long time that I didn't even watch it. I didn't even have a television mm-hmm. in my last place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I need to stay away from that much television. Okay. I think the a la carte, the Netflix, that's good because there's, like, a barrier to entry where I have to either know what I want to watch or search long enough to find something. Whereas TV, you just turn it on and something's on. Gotcha. So that could suck up my time pretty quick.
1: Uh, another topic I want to talk about is um brief fantasy football update. I don't know if anyone cares. I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> but I'm actually, for the first time, uh, maybe not the first time, I'm opening up uh, undefeated in the league so far. Wow. Um, wow, well, yeah, that's thing impressive. Is, like, I did very well last year, so I drafted, very, I drafted in the 10th out of the uh, – Twelve team league, which is twelve team leagues, pretty challenging. Um, so I got pretty shitty picks, and I have been working the waiver wire like a heavy bag and picking up guys that were available, like uh, Landon Michael Vick. Uh, he scored thirty points for me last week, prized the margin of my victory. I'm no feeling pretty Peyton good about Manning. myself. Don't have Peyton Manning. <laughs> um, actually, I don't. The best QB I could get in the slot was Joe Flacco. Never was,
0: heard of him. That's a bad it, well, sign. That's a
1: bad sign. He, he's. I thought he might be good this year with some weapons around him. He's the Baltimore QB, and he just really sucks. I actually dropped him the waivers to draft someone else or to pick up somebody. So really happy about that. Uh, uh, we're in a 12-team work league. It's been going on for eight years now. We have <laughs> this really cool... <laughs> trophy that uh we engrave the the name of the winner and the year that they win every year and you, you get cool. to keep that in your office as like the you know the trophy year yeah we have an award ceremony at the end of the year where, you, <laughs> where we bestow the the trophy to somebody else and there's a six hundred dollar cash prize pot that we're all playing for a lot of trash talking a lot of monday morning you know ha ha you fuckers going around and all this <laughs> we waste a lot Fair. of time at that award. that's what's so crazy if I sat and just played, like, Farmville for as much as we waste time on fantasy football during the football season, we'd all be fired. Yeah, yeah. But fantasy football is, is socially acceptable. Yeah, that's, that's the same kind why. of bullshit, isn't it? Like, I've had and – I'm not the type of fan that dresses up for conventions, although I might start. it's I, I kind of want to cosplay as Silent Bob.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: But I'm not that guy. But it's always f- been funny to me to see a jock that will go to a, fo- a football game with a blue curly wig, blue body paint, horseshoes mm-hmm. on his nipples, <laughs> you know, Mardi Gras b- b- uh, gra beads and whooping mm-hmm. it up will say, call a person a nerd for putting on pointy ears in a Star Trek uniform. Yeah, yeah, that's Like there's totally some true. socially acceptable forms of geeking out. And there's some that are not. I always Mm -hmm. thought that was weird. It's like exactly the same thing. They are. Yeah. So,
0: uh, I don't know. And I mean, even the fantasy football thing obviously has analogs within the geek realm. Mm -hmm. And they'll get into that, like gung-ho fantasy football, but then you start talking about your Final Fantasy seven character stats, and they're like, fucking
1: nerd. What's really funny is that for a long time, fantasy football was seen as too nerdy. Like, he was kind of made jocks uncomfortable, and the announcers on TV were not in that. And then they went to, like, awkwardly reporting fantasy football statistics, and you could tell they were like had no no fucking clue. Like, you know, some third-string receiver would catch a 90-yard touchdown pass, and they'd be like, whoa, that's going to have the fantasy geeks. Uh, It's like, no, no one has him on his team. (laughs) That's the third-string fucking receiver. Yeah. He never played the game. Shut up, old man. (laughs) But um, I, I kind of, one of my goals for the show is to get an audience large enough to have a show, Fantasy Football League. I'm so, hoping next, this year, obviously, we didn't get it. Next year, I have high hopes. It's going to have to be like
0: a ratio of 25 to 1, the people who I don't say, play,
1: the people who will play. I would say what we need about 500 to 1,000 listeners to have <laughs> a decent 10-team team league. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one of my goals.
0: Okay, well. Maybe that'll happen. That's a
1: weekly update. I got a big, uh, tough, it's me and the other undefeated team in the division going head-to-head here in week three. So I'll, I'll either be 3-0 or 2-1 and kind of sad. Cool. Tune in next week. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else do we want to talk about? I thought you had the to- the the potpourri topics, man. I,
0: I shot my load, man. You shot your load? i done. You more
1: than that. Oh, I'm done. Our next segment is CCG Graveyard, and this is a segment that we really wanted to debut right from the very beginning. Um, When we originally envisioned this cast, we thought we would be doing kind of more potpourri-type casts that would be 30 minutes or so in length that we would have time to have regular features like Would You Rather and uh, CCG Graveyard, and we had like a dust in the closet and a couple other things. And the uh, point of CCG Graveyard is... We like customizable and collectible card games. And there are an awful lot that have been made over the years. In fact, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a glut. And uh, these cards, I mean, you still got the the big few, like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! But there's been a lot of quality stuff that's gone by the wayside. Um, Notable examples are Star Trek, customizable card game, Star Wars card game. Um, we're not going to talk about those. We're going to talk about out of print CCGs that you might not have heard of. and the charm of these is that you can buy cases of them for pennies on the dollar. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I got
0: the one we're going to talk about today wars. I think I picked that up for about ten dollars a case,
1: right. So So you're talking enough for you and your friends to play with for weeks for pocket change. The other charm of it is that the rules are static. You don't have to worry about power creep uh-huh. or anything like that because what's out there is all that you're going to get. Um, there's still some kind of active, uh, thriving communities, so you can still kind of go and discuss and um, you know find all that stuff. But again, the chief virtue is that it's cheap, <laughs> so it's really easy to build decks. You can build your dream decks. You can you know buy cases and cases and cases and get a play set of about everything you need and have fun with your buddies.
0: Yeah, that, that kind of goes both ways. I mean, the fact that it can become stale um, after a while of playing is kind of a negative, um, but there True. are so many of these out there I was say. that you just switch to the next one. Creak you're... open
1: your wallet again <laughs> and pull out another five bucks and get another case coming your way. Yeah. But there's, like, crazy ones. The ones that we've got that we're going to be talking about are... There's the Mega Man, <laughs> Austin Mega Man Powers, um, then there's stuff that looks like clear shit, um, like Austin yeah. Powers, but then there's a couple of really cool ones, like the one we're going to talk about tonight. Um, there's one that's kind of like a cyberpunk theme, so we're kind yeah. of legitimately excited to play some of them, and some of them we're just looking into ripping. Ripping oh, yeah. <laughs> So tonight's cast is one of the uh, former examples. Um, we had no idea what to expect. We thought the cases looked pretty cool. The art looked pretty good. Uh, good. It's a CCG by Decipher, uh, who are famous for bringing the Star Wars and Star Trek CCG games uh, to the gamer attention. And what they tried to do is they lost the Star Wars license. So they tried to take the core mechanics, which were actually universally praised for the Star Wars customizable card game, and come up with an entirely new license that they owned intellectual property for. And they called it, unfortunately, Wars. Um, Interestingly, uh, Michael Stackpole uh, actually wrote the game's backstory and wrote a couple of short stories that kind of fleshed out the plot of the game. Uh, You might know him as the... Uh, head writer of the X-Wing series of uh, novels.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I recognize his name from the Star Wars. So he's universe. got
1: uh, some some Star Wars writing chops. And John Howe of uh, Lord of the Rings illustration and movie fame um, designed one of the races, uh, the race called the Quay. Hmm. Um, basically, uh, look, very much like magic, you've got five factions, You've got three human and two alien. Uh, There's one that's called the Earthers that are basically Earth is now ruled by giant corporations. They're the bright, shiny Federation-looking troops. All their ships are nice. Their armies all have matching uniforms and uh, whatnot. You've got the Mavericks, who are a race of kind of like borderline pirate uh, (laughs) Earthers that have left and they live now in the uh, asteroid belt. And they have a lot of you know scars and radiation burns and cybernetic implants. Uh, and then you've got the rounding out the human factions is the Gongans, um, who are uh, kind of a pastiche of Eastern cultures. That apparently their whole continent, the whole continent of Asia, got nuked, and they took off and went to Mars, colonized it, and renamed it Gongan for whatever the hell reason.
0: Oh, I thought they lived on the Boo. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately, there is a little bit of uh, uncomfortable Gungan Gungan kind of wordplay there, but uh, they're very cool. They kind of look like space samurai. And you've got the two um, uh, alien races, one that's the Quay, and they're kind of like an insectoid slave race. Um, that has this really cool flavor mechanic where you can, they have one type of card, and you can pay energy and flip it over and mutate it to a different version of the same creature. And then the final race is the She, which is an advanced race of um, floating psychic aliens, which, if you, that sounds familiar, the Earthers and the Quay and the She, it's because they're basically uh, StarCraft They're modeled exactly after StarCraft. The human faction is roughly translates to the Earthers. The Zergs are roughly translated to the Quay, and the uh, what do they call the third race? The uh, Sia. Shit for StarCraft. I'm not a StarCraft fan, (laughs) but the
0: you're talking to the the
1: guy who doesn't like RTS here. (laughs) Yeah, but what is the name of that? It's the Protoss. For Protoss. Protoss. Yeah. So the Protoss roughly map to the Shi in the way they look and the way they kind of feel in the game.
0: Um, the mechanics are pretty interesting in this game. There's uh, a lot of stuff I like about it um, over Magic the Gathering, which sure. is kind of the big one. Sure. Um, what, wow. There's so much to talk about. What do we want to talk about?
1: Well, let's talk about the most interesting thing first, the way they handle the, the energy con the concept. Because okay. okay. I think that's the single coolest part of the game. I do too, yeah. So you got a 60-card deck, and that is your energy. It gets shuffled into basically four piles at any one time. Your What you would call your library, your main deck, they call your reserve energy. Uh-huh. Um, each turn you get to activate a certain amount of these cards by peeling them off the top deck and putting them face down beside it that is your activated energy. And that's
0: determined basically by how many icons you have on the board.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's, so I guess we need to stop and talk about the your locations. Much like magic, you've got these kind of like land cards. Mm-hmm. And each one is represents a different location in space or on a planet. And uh, the cards have two sides. Uh, one that faces you and one that faces your opponent. And there is between 0 and 3 energy icons on both of those sides. So like um, an ideal Uh, land to play, has the most energy uh, icons for your side and the minimum energy icons for your side. In addition, there's a faction icon, and when you play units and creatures and and, the interrupt cards, you'll notice that each one has an energy cost, and it also has a number of what they call support icons. So, if you've got a unit that costs three energy and three earth icons, you have to have three activated energy to play it, and you have to have amassed in your locations uh, some combination of three earther icons. So, yep. so that's the, the, the interesting way about this is there's really no way to get mana screwed, except <laughs> if you build a multi faction deck and you happen to have in your card a bunch of a type of faction that you don't have icon, support icons on the board to play you 're yeah. basically fucked, because, oh, I got hit by that last time we played, yeah, yeah, and it seems to, it seems to suffer most from um, you know, again multi faction decks if you 're a pure faction deck, it hardly ever happens, and it also seems to strike if because you get to pick unlike magic, where you, you know you get you kind of random draw which you start off with mana. You get to pick one card from the start of the deck. You reveal to your opponent. He does the same for you. You place those, and those are your starting locations. And obviously you want to pick one that maximizes your energy and maximizes your port icons. I think maybe the one mistake you made is what the locations are slightly more of one than the other mm-hmm. and that you know we're still kind of newbies at the game. You want to take that into consideration and make sure you draw the card that has maybe the least common faction type all yeah, it, well, so. I
0: mean, we're playing with these starter decks that yeah. are already pre-built decks. Right, 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 I'm assuming right. going into this that they're fairly okay, balanced. This should be a balanced deck that's easy to play for a beginner. Well, turns out it's a little more difficult
1: than that. Right, and some of the decks I think do a better job than others. But so, so we should go back to the, the yeah. energy. So, say you've got ten energy icons, you're going to draw ten cards off the top of your deck and put them face down to the to the left of your reserve deck.
0: Actually, eleven because you always get one.
1: Okay, here you're, you're right. You get one plus. However many uh, energy you got on the board. So, and you start with seven cards in your hand. Mm -hmm. Now, as you play cards, you take the energy cost and you move those from the, without looking at them, you move them from your active energy to your used pile, which is above your reserve deck. Occasionally, the game will instruct you to lose energy. And just like, you know, the laws of thermodynamics dictate, you know, not all energy, it's not a perfect process, so some energy is lost in the conversion process, Um, that energy gets into your lost pile, which goes to Mm -hmm. the right of your reserve deck.
0: And it's a good time to bring up that energy is actually your life for the game. Exactly. So whereas you have 20 life points, which are separate from your mana and magic, you actually have your energy, which is part of your life. And it's also your draw deck. Yeah, so you're drawing on your life, playing cards with your
1: life. It's it, There's a very delicate balance there that I really like. I, I like how elegant it is because at the end of each turn, the final step is a recycle step. You take mm-hmm. both you and your opponent, take the energy in your use pile, and put it to the bottom of your reserve deck. So it's kind of like that's your recycle step, but then... You know, the second to final step is the draw phase. You only get to draw from your active pile. Yeah. So if you shoot your wad and place three or four units out of your hand onto the board and use up 12, 13 energy, you might not be able to draw for next turn.
0: Yeah. And and then you've depleted your hand, which means you need to draw, but you can't draw. Exactly. And you can get yourself into trouble real fast.
1: Yeah. You can easily cost yourself basically two turns by overdrawing Mm -hmm. and not not appropriately saving for the next uh, energy for the next turn. Um, so I think that's the key difference. That it's 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 a really elegant system. It feels very spacey. You know, you're you're using oh, yeah. this energy, recycling it. Sometimes getting lost through the inefficiencies.
0: And it's all you have. You're you're self-contained out in the middle of space. Yep. That's all you get.
1: Yep. Um, I also the other thing is um, so how do you attack your, your, your how do you how do you win the game? Uh, do you win the game by making the other guy lose all of his energy? And the way you do that is. Um, you notice that there's support, there's energy icons on both sides of each location. If you deploy a force on your side of the board and it's uncontested, there's no enemy forces on the other side, you get to what they call burn energy to the tune of however many energy icons are on your opponent's side of the board for that location.
0: The the interesting thing about that, I, I, well, I'll go ahead and explain the other way that you can. Uh... Make an opponent lose energy It's through battle Sure Um, You can attack them Kill their units And they can Either lose the units Or lose a certain amount of energy Um, It seems to me that Actually attacking Is a much more effective way To make the opponent lose energy Because You're limited by the number of icons On their side Of the the location, to to one, two, uh, maybe three if you're lucky. But in a battle, if it's a very lopsided battle, Mm -hmm. you can end up taking 15-plus energy from them in
1: one battle. Sure. On the other hand, that encourages, number one, you need to beef up on the areas where you have multiple energy icons on your side. Like, you want to definitely defend Uh the sites where you've got three energy icons. And it also discourages because the first time I played the game, I spread my forces to try to do, maximize my burn to Jim. Yeah. And what he did is concealed his, or uh, concentrated his forces on one particular occasion. So I was burning him for three or four mi- energy, but the battles that he fought were so lopsided that I was burning him for three or four, and he was taking me for 15 because he would have five or six guys facing my one or two. Yeah. And the way combat works is you you have, uh, just like magic, you've got an attack and defense. You also have something called tactics, which we'll get into in a minute. But you simply add up your attack, and you add up your defense. You subtract one from the other. Whoever's got the most, or whoever got the most attack, so like I say, I've got 17, and Jim's got 25, he's going to be getting me for 8 points of energy. Now, there's a couple things there. You can choose, when you lose a battle, you can choose to lose troops or ships, and if you do their defense costs peel off how much energy you lose let's say you've got a starship with a defense of five and he burned me for eight uh, units of energy. Well, I can choose to lose that ship and then I only have to take three uh, three energy off of my main deck and you can uh,
0: actually lose energy from your hand as well you can you just can lose guard.
1: energy from any any card pile except for lost, which is mm-hmm. cool because they're like if you've got a really good hand your temptation is to lose it from your active or your reserve or probably from your reserve deck. Oh, yeah. But then every once in a while, because you you reveal each card you lose, every once in a while you lose a really painful one. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like that's another reason to have lots of cards in your hand because sometimes you've got, like, you know, worthless cards, like in-game locations, you know, what you call kind of like your weenies for magic you've sure. got like some weaker units that have no place in the end game you can choose to lose them and, and that's... stuff that
0: you can't play because you don't have the support icon
1: exactly you can you can choose that rather than losing precious energy um now the other wild card in the game is what the concept called tactics and each mm-hmm. card has a value from zero to like six tactic score any location that has a tactics of four, a combined force tactics of four or greater, you get to draw a destiny card for that battle. And what that means is each card, in addition to their energy cost and their support icons, also have a, a destiny number from one or from zero to six. Uh-huh. Um, and you take that destiny and you add it to your attack power. So if you've got a destiny of six and you add that, and you've got roughly even forces and uh, your opponent has no tactics advantage there, so he doesn't get a destiny card or he draws a zero or one, that can really swing the tide of the battle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've I've lost several battles to you just because of the destiny draws. (laughs) And there's some uh, construction strategy there, too, because weaker cards have higher destiny. Yeah. Stronger cards have lower destiny. So you... It's something you got to consider. You can't mm-hmm. just put load up on powerful cards because you, then you're going to get spanked on destiny. So yeah. there's also cards that allow you to draw multiple destiny. Like, for example, the Mavericks have this card called uh, Jessel Swin, who is, looks like a freaking lunatic. He's in a straight jacket, But one of his special abilities is um, each time you reveal a card for battle destiny, if you pay three energy, you can reveal three cards and choose the best battle destiny. Yeah. That is devastating.
0: That's a very cool card.
1: Yeah. And he also has another ability where you can pay three energy to uh, pop a attrition immunity shield around him, which means you can use him for attrition, like use it, to, like lose him for mm-hmm. his energy cost, but he kind of re- effectively regenerates. Yeah. There's other weapons and characters that the opponent has that can target. You know, you can actually force a person to lose a vehicle well, or a, a troop. Well, if you've got your regeneration shield popped on him, he can't make you lose his car because it's a strategic support card.
0: Um, did we actually talk about attrition? I don't think we did. When, when you draw a battle destiny, um, it's, the number of the destiny draw is the amount of attrition that you do to your opponent, which basically means that they have to lose that much of their force in defense points
1: that 's true because if without destiny, you can theoretically not take any you can not lose any force you can spend energy yeah. to keep your troops alive. battle destiny basically forces says uh this destiny made you take this much damage and Mm -hmm. the and the rough thing about it is if you take one point of attrition (laughs) you have to lose a unit yeah even if it's a six defense yeah if all you got there is six defense you have to use that unit and there's but now on the other hand if you got like 15 incoming damage there's all kinds of strategy about well you know um i've got a card with weak attack but high defense and that's kind of like you use that as armor Mm -hmm. for the your higher your 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 harder hitting troops um,
0: yeah. And I, there's something about this that I have a big problem with, but we'll talk about it when we get to the, the negatives. Sure.
1: But in the end, the combat is very fast and efficient and, um, it does a good job of being kind of like these exciting swings in the battle because, you know, uh, your opponent, let's say you fight a battle and the destiny goes badly in your favor and you've, you've got to lose one of your, so you, you got to lose one of your troops. Uh-huh. So now you're at a numerical disadvantage. Well, the opponent on the next turn can choose to put even more troops there and <laughs> yeah. really put the screws to you. Oh yeah. So, but on the same time, uh, you can always pick up off a planet, like abandon it, uh, use your starships to load up vehicles and troops off the planet and move it to another sector. Yeah, and possibly. Hit them where not.
0: I mean, that gets tricky because last game we played, um, I actually set down a ton of troops to try and take you out of a location. Um, and I ended up drawing a low battle destiny, you draw a high one and it killed like most of my troops. I think right. I had three and it killed two of them. Right. Um and then you got and then I had no way to get that troop out of there. Right. There's literally you can't do anything right. if you don't have a ship or something to transport him. Right. Um and so then the next turn you plopped down like three more guys, came in, hit me and took like 15, 20.
1: Yeah, it was a double it was a double whammy. Yeah,
0: that that's hardcore.
1: So the game does force you to think strategically and, and like, okay, how many cards am I gonna draw this turn? Because the cards are I draw this turn is going to be less energy I have to use use less turn. How many cards am I going to deploy? Because that's each card I deploy costs energy that I'm not going to get to draw for my draw step you know am i going to am i going to deploy a troop here or absorb some energy burn so i can next turn deploy enough to actually make a difference and win the battle mm-hmm. and because all this goes on behind kind of like in your mind as an opponent you never know it's like okay i've got three or four troops here am i secure is yeah. this guy not playing a card because he has no play or is he saving up for the uber so should i keep building up this or <laughs> should i start to sp- okay i got four or five cards here is it secure can i start building and burning them in other locations it's no. got a lot of strategy to it.
0: Yeah. The, the, the problem that I have with Destiny overall, I think, is just that it's a game of chance. I yeah. mean, there there are not very, el- very many elements of chance in this game. The only thing I can think of is the card draw and the Destiny. Right. And I kind of wish they had removed the Destiny or come up with some other way to do it, because... Like I said, that battle was actually in my favor, and the only thing that kept it from being a strategic play on my part was the battle destiny.
1: Yeah, I think that in lieu of battle destiny, they should have used, because there's very few what you would call, you know, instant or sorcery type spells. Yeah, they're they're called interrupts, and they use a stack very similar to magic, but Uh there's not the game changers like, you know, uh, double your attack and defense for this turn or like the yeah. magic's got, And instead you've got this destiny crap where it is true random chance. Like you might as well roll a six sided dice and add Now, Again, you can stack the deck by, you know, loading up on weenie cards. So you have high destiny and you can use cards sure. like this, uh, you know, Jostle Swin to boost your destiny. But you're right. Jim, Jim is right. There is a lot of, you know, kind of random chance there. um, <laughs> um that's about it for the gameplay really yeah um, there there isn't much more to it you've got locations you got vehicles troops you try to control i mean you get them. things
0: like weapons and interrupts which we haven't talked much about but I'm, everybody knows how to use those. yeah an interrupt
1: is a weapon ex- has a special th- ability exactly it's exactly like equipment and magic they they buff you know your destiny or your attack your defense or they have synergy with your troops there's other things, like... Um, I did think it was interesting, like the Quay. I didn't talk about the, the what they call, like, um, you know, magic in M2010 had a convertible turtle. Yeah. Where it yeah. was a 1-4... Oh, yeah, yeah. A 1-attack one, one and 4-defense turtle that you could spin mana and flip it, so it had 4-attack and 1-defense. mm mm-hmm. Well, the Quay about half of their creatures are, like, what they call mutatable or flippable. So it has one set of rule text and stat abilities on the top side and one set upside down on the bottom side. You play it bottom side first, and then you can pay energy to transform that creature. And they usually have, like... It starts off as a support role. You spend some energy, and now it's an attack unit. Or it starts off as a defensive unit. You spend energy and becomes an an attack unit. Or or
0: it starts off really weak, and then you flip it, and it has all these abilities, and uh, this attack and defense go way up. It's cool.
1: Yeah, and it's like another one of those things where you see, you know, your opponent can radically change his side of the board based on you know using that stuff. So I was like, I thought that was a pretty cool mechanic. Um, You know, they've got a lot of units that. Have very clear advantages and disadvantages, like utility, like uh, the Earthers have this entrenched infantry that I quite like. It's only three energy to play. It has three power and five tactics and six defense, (laughs) which is crazy high. Yeah. But the problem is, as long as this character is out of sight, as an additional cost for the player to play a unit there, the player loses destroyed two energy. And then, so it's like, this is very good to take a a piece of land, but you better have a way to sacrifice this card because each time you drain here, let's say I wipe out the opposing force and now I'm draining him for energy. Every time I drain here, if this character's out of sight, I also lose two energy. (laughs) So it's like most times the average kind of energy total for an opponent's sight is going to be two. Yeah. So unless you can get rid of this guy, you're doing as much damage to you as you are to your opponent. So he's incredibly awesome as an assault character, but once the battle's been won, you need to get rid of him <laughs> as soon as possible. Yep. There's lots of cards like that. There's uh, the Gungans have this cool resource technician that is used for like basically invading an um, in enemy land because as long as this character is out of sight, the word no support, which is the faction icons, are on your side, you generate two more energy here. So if I take over my opponent's lands that have no support icons for me, I'm gaining the energy that I've got on that place plus two bonus ones. There's a lot of really cool synergy and tactics you can use in the cards. Indeed. Indeed. Um, a word about the art, uh, I don't think you were as impressed as I was.
0: I'm not. A lot of it feels generic to me. Like, I'm sitting here thumbing through, what deck is this? Uh, Incursion?
1: No, that's the... You've got the She-Earthling uh, for, uh, force, I think. Um,
0: I have Suppression.
1: Which is, on the side look at it, it says what sp- factions it is.
0: Uh, Maverick
1: and She. Okay, so you got the Spacers, the Space Pirates, and the Protos units. Yeah, guess.
0: and I'm staring at some of their ships here, and... The artwork is just a couple of ships hanging out in space in front of a planet.
1: I want to say that it's very homeworld. All their ships are very homeworld-y. If you remember the game Homeworld, they're very kind of just basic geometric designs. And I think it's cool, but But I, I kind of see what you're saying. The spaceship design is kind of uninspired. Well,
0: it's not even the design. It's just the art is uninteresting to me. They could have made this scene so much more interesting by just having it maybe shoot at something or having like a pulled-out view of a planet with nebulas in the back or something. I mean, it's just, it seems very generic to me.
1: On the other hand, I I think you're right it's the locations, too, look, you know, kind of like any spaceport you've seen on a crappy uh, space novel, science fiction novel. But look at some of the character art. Like that Jocelyn Swin. This dude's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's
0: cool. And, and I thought that was an old woman at first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both did. we will put we a picture still, we of still it still call up. her, like, the crazy old woman. And, like, Kuj- uh, Kujiko Turaco. I mean, look how... That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, there, there are a I mean, few. The characters... Infantry,
1: this dude is, like, fucking crazy.
0: The characters do seem to be a little more interesting than yeah. the ships. But... Uh, the and then, ships and, so and the clay
1: art by John Howe is insane. It's, like... You know, some freakish uh, cross between aliens and some of the fell beasts from *The Lord of the Rings* and uh, the uh, Zergs from uh, *Starcraft*.
0: Oh, that's cool, Renardi Anant. That's a pretty sweet
1: one. Oh yeah, like I said, they they got some good art, and I I do know they made a point to hire just like Magic. You know, makes it a point to hire the best and brightest. Fantasy yeah, illustrators. but I, they went after the best and brightest sci-fi illustrators. I
0: feel like Magic has not a one-up, but like a ten-up on these guys. Well,
1: on the other hand, have you seen some of the cards for the Alpha version oh, of Magic? Sure, the sure. total were, shit. Yeah,
0: but that was in like 1927.
1: Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the olden days. I'm just saying for a for, for a card that old, they're basically they had the starter, the main deck, and two expansions. The art is. Especially when we consider shit like the Austin Powers stuff and well, that just has that is
0: photos from the movies and like, like how Mag- Mega
1: Man. I mean, there's like, the, it's a, you're, you're a step above just Photoshopping the crap. And yeah, I think the sure. card layouts are actually attractive. Um, they used, uh, if you've seen a Star Trek or Star Wars, especially the Star Wars customizable card game, you'll recognize the layout, the Decipher layout right away. It's very distinctive.
0: Yeah, I'll actually give them that. The, the layout of the card and the design is very good.
1: Um, I thought the rules were pretty clear. They have like a little booklet that explains it, and we pretty much understood uh-huh. the basics after one gameplay. Um, I think the card quality is excellent. Stock, in fact, they're just as good. If not, uh, they're just as good a quality as the uh, Magic: The Gathering. Oh yeah. Um, the packaging looks very nice. Um, and the game plays really really fun. I mean, it is. All we've um, done is just, we just kind of passed around to four starter decks. Sure, we haven't even haven't tried got, customizing them. And, and haven't got bored yet.
0: No. Um, the thing that makes it so interesting to me is, like you said, it's almost pure strategy. I mean, there are very few elements of chance, unlike Magic, where you can get mana screwed. You yes. can not have enough mana to play your creatures. That can happen in this game, but it's usually your own fault.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's only a, like... Um, and the cure for that is don't play, just draw. Don't use. You can't yeah. use energy, so you're going to be drawing all your hand. Eventually, you'll come across a location that's got it. Whereas magic, all you can do is draw one card. Yeah, In this that's game. True. Say your opponent goes crazy. To play every every land your opponent plays gives you at least one energy icon because there's none that have no energy icons. <laughs> so it's like. So he's getting two and three, but you're still getting one, which gives you more cards that you can draw yeah. and gives you a chance to draw out of the mana screw.
0: That's true, yeah. Because last game that we played, I got seriously mana screwed because I just couldn't draw any of my lands. I played my first land. I drew a handful of creatures and ships, and that that was it. Like, I drew maybe ten cards and never got a location.
1: Right. Now, we, we talk about the, how intuitive it is. Um, you have... Talk more about your problem with combat. It's not just as random. You just said it doesn't... Yeah. The, the flavor of it doesn't feel right either.
0: Exactly. Like, this game has a lot of backstory, obviously. Michael Stackpole was brought in to help right, with it. right. Um, so I would think that the... What do you call it? The Vorthos, the... All that stuff the is flavor. actually, yeah, the flavor is actually important. Like
1: combat to should the game. feel like space combat.
0: It should, and for most part, it does. Um, the one thing that I don't like is the battle destiny and the attrition. Like the battle destiny is random. Okay, that's fine. Um, but the attrition, when you when your opponent draws the battle destiny and you have to take attrition. You turn your card sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that card's not damaged. So that card is quote-unquote damaged. But it still gets to do a full attack. It still counts in your attack. It still can count in your defense even. You can lose a damaged unit.
1: That you have to lose anyway.
0: That, you ha- that, you're, that is gone. Essentially uh-huh. gone. Uh-huh. It's like my ship got blown up. Now I'm going to sacrifice the pieces of it to not have to lose energy. That, it, it makes no right. sense to me in the context
1: of space battles. My only defense is that there's several things in magic that don't make sense, like the fact that sure. it's the defender that gets to choose which unit he gets to defend, and the attacker doesn't get to choose who he eats attacks and the, you know, until they cleaned yeah. up the... Uh, damage on, uh, you know, the damage on the stack, crap. Well,
0: I was going to say, they're actually the creature, cleaning that up.
1: You kill the creature, and then the opponent sacrifices it to fuck you over. Yeah, it's yeah. like, how did you just sacrifice a creature I killed? Exactly. Um, but they're cleaning that up. I they mean, are. taking that out. And, and, and this, it's, they don't have that. Um, the other thing is, I don't know. Um, it seems to me like there's something to be said. They're like, you can, something about like the damaged unit isn't lost yet and it's kind of like trying to sacrifice itself to cover the retreat of your forces or something along those lines or the fact that you can choose to spend energy to evade an attack rather than take the loss of the ship. Okay, That's so like,
0: let's go through this logically. The ship is hit to the point it's where
1: it will be destroyed. It will it will destroy. It right. will it will
0: explode in space whatever it's going to do yet it's still powerful enough
1: to attack. Yeah. And it's still powerful enough to defend. See, I think that is just they're trying to represent the fact that this battle happens in real time. So it's like everything's just happening at once. It's not like, okay, you attack me. Now I attack you. Now my ships are destroyed. now. I, I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's, re, it's like turn-based, but it's supposed to be happening at the same time. So that ship is getting destroyed. It's already launched its attack or whatever. But I see what you mean. I think that a clean way to do it is... If you lose a ship by attrition, you cannot use it as part. You cannot sacrifice it to deplete how much energy you have to lose.
0: I think it should just go off the board immediately because it's fair. The Both players are drawing attrition.
1: The, the only thing I do, I, I think the, reason, the only reason they didn't do that because it does make more sense is that you think battles swing wildly now. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. The, if you yeah. have to take attrition and then lose energy on top of that. At, at the brutal. very, very least, you should not be able to sacrifice it to not lose energy. But I'm saying if you did that, I mean the the battle swings would be even wilder. So I think they kind of like painted themselves into a little bit of a Well not really. The other thing is is the same. I think that it's kind of a rule mechanic y type deal that because I think there's probably if we got into the expansions and out of the just like beginner's pack, there's probably mechanics that take advantage of the fact that you can sacrifice it to you know, blunt how much energy you're going to lose, or you can do you can yeah. use it for some other effect, but you can't do both. Sure, so it's like you're sure. losing this unit anyway, which is going to give you the maximum benefit. Whereas if they force you to discard it, it's a less, you know, it's just like people bitched about damage on the stack being removed from ma- magic because it does dumb down the game. No questions about it. An advanced player has one less yeah. uh, leg up on a newbie a because he's, ex- he's exploiting a rule that doesn't kind of on the surface make sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I definitely see your point.
0: But but I can buy it from the, the – they just wanted it in there because it's cool. Yeah. Um, it's a little trick you can play.
1: All that said, it almost makes up fun how elegant the energy system – I will forgive a lot of bullshit mechanics and combat. True. Because that, the, I love so much the fact that the energy is your life, and it's your card library, and it's your draw hand. Yeah. It's so much strategy just in that one decision that they chose to make. It's just incredible. So the downside of the CCG graveyards are, of course, that the longevity, um, you know, there is, uh, it's a zero-sum game. You're eventually going to get everything you can out of it. But I think this is better than a lot that I've seen because, number one, I'm sure you can tell just by what we've talked about, we've played several afternoons' worth of games, and we have felt like I just have really scratched the depth because we haven't done any deck construction. None. And uh, and we
0: don't have two of the expansions, right? So. <laughs>
1: which we which are readily available. You yeah. can still buy cases of them. Uh, one of those
0: is actually a lot more expensive. But
1: oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The other two are good. I will say that the support is not so good. There's a few forums out there that like you know have some old posts about it, but this <laughs> did not like as opposed to like Star Wars yeah, yeah. CCG, which is actively ongoing fan development. They have tournaments and whatnot. This is a dead game in every sense of the word. Huh. <laughs> But on the other hand, you've got the core release and uh, two expansion packs, which give you three the hundred to four hundred cards of available stuff to pool from.
0: Yeah, and the combinations
1: there. I mean, and I kind of yeah, like that's... the fact that there is no net decking. You know, the <laughs> fact that there are no forums saying this is the deck. You know, this yeah. is the Proto Zerg Rush deck. I mean, that everything that you're doing is. Your own strategy and your own construction. Net decking is one of my least favorite parts of Magic: The Gathering. Yeah,
0: I, I can agree with that. Get behind that.
1: So, I definitely recommend um, you know head to Star City Games or wherever you can find the uh, uh, packs and and uh, buy it. Try it out. It gives uh, definitely a graveyard recommendation.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great game. Um, I recommend it wholeheartedly. Any
1: final thoughts? Fuck emulators. <laughs> <laughs> Almost made him spit his drink. Indeed. I thought it was safe. Just when I thought it was safe to take a drink.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. I'm Jim Jones. And
1: I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao.